to Season 2 of Granite State Golfers with Micah. I am an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. Hi, everyone. This episode features Josh Beer, who tells us the story of Hooper Golf Course in Walpole, New Hampshire. Josh grew up about two miles from the course and would find himself many years later playing an important role, along with other community members, in saving Hooper. But they did more than that. Hooper is now widely considered one of the best nine-hole courses in the country. If you have not played it, put it on your list for this golf season. Josh talks about the history of the course what the routing is like, and how a large community effort saved and revitalized Hooper. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, Josh. Welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Micah. Yeah, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here. Good to see you again, and I'm, I'm excited to talk golf. All right. Well, let's start. When did you start playing golf? Uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Where did you grow up, and when you started playing, where was it? And who who got you into the game? Believe it or not, I, I was not a not a golfer at all uh, growing up. Um, so I, I grew up here in Wapple, uh, about like uh, two miles maybe away from Hooper. And you know, my my dad grew up playing at Hooper, but he he kind of gave up the game as he got older. But uh, both my both my grandparents um, they were they were members at Hooper and they would play there. So I'd occasionally go up and kind of you know, hack around a little bit, but, uh, I always, I always kind of thought it was a sport for old people. And so I never, never really, you know, it's fun to be up there, but like I played, you know, I, I played soccer, basketball, baseball. That was kind of, that was my thing. And, you know, I would occasionally go out there. Um, my younger brothers, particularly my youngest brother, like he, he grew up like playing up there all the time. So I'd occasionally go out with them, um, but I was, I was never very good. I had a horrific slice, but, uh, you know, it wasn't until after I, I kind of got out of college and got a little bit older. And actually when I graduated college, I actually worked at a couple of different golf courses. Um, so I'd play a little bit there. Um, the, the bug didn't really get me till probably about, um, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, I just kind of started, you know, I don't know what it was. I think some of my buddies just started playing more and more. And then I started more and more and just, you know, fell in love with it. And now it's like, I almost don't even care about other sports anymore. It's just, <laughs> it's just a golf. <laughs> Sounds like the golf bug for sure. <laughs> yeah. And when it, when it gets you, it gets you good. Um, uh, well, let's you, jump, let's jump, let's jump into Hooper, uh, in a claimed nine hole course. I have a soft spot. Uh, for nine hole courses. I grew up in Goffstown, New Hampshire. And when I was a kid, I learned to play at Valley View up in Dunbarton, which unfortunately is now closed. But I have a lot of great memories of playing that nine hole track with my dad and my grandmother. So the website for Hooper, I just love this. Uh, Three things really pop out on the website. Internationally ranked, community driven, and perfectly playable. And those are three great descriptions. We'll get into that, but let's maybe just start with some history about Hooper. Tell us about when it was built and who designed it. Hooper was built in um, 
1927. So uh, Wayne Stiles, uh, him and uh, Stiles and Van Cleek, they had this uh, golf architecture firm, and, um, and I'm sure you've heard of them. And they were, they were pretty prolific around uh, New England. They would go as far south as Florida, I think as far west as like Missouri maybe, but they, they were really a predominantly kind of a Northeast New England and kind of the, you know, the, the classic um, golden age of, of golf architecture. And um, one, one great thing about the course is like, it, it looks in many ways, much like it did in 1927. Um, there haven't been too many changes. Like certainly the routing is the same. Um, you know, there, there haven't been any radical changes at all to the greens. Um, you know, there's some additional tees here and there, but overall, it, it's really kind of the, um, the original design. That's so, great. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, what, what was the second question besides uh, what, when it was built and who built it? No, no, th- those are the first two oh, questions. Okay. Um, was it back in its first few decades through the 30s, 40s, and 50s, best to you know about the history of that time, was it was Hooper doing well? Was it considered at at that time uh, a popular and, and well-known course? Yeah, it, it's always been pretty, pretty successful, pretty well-known, um, though I, I don't, certainly within the last um, you know, four or five years, I really think kind of Hooper's popularity is, is, is really risen. Um, but in this area, it's always been known as a really good course. Everyone's always like, you know, they, they got some of the best greens, if not the best greens in the state. Um, so it, it's always it's always been um, a successful club, though, you know, as, as a nine hole course, it's never very large. The membership was large and and actually for all throughout its history uh, until about um, really about five years ago, it was a, a semi-private club. So, um, but you know, the, it was, it was still open to the public. There were some restrictions, you know, um, only members could tee off before 10 and things like that. But um, it, it was always pretty successful and, and probably at the height, um, there was probably around close to 300 members total. Okay. Uh, for for people who have not yet played it, uh, describe describe Hooper. What is the layout like, and why has it received? Do you believe? I mean, it's received some unbelievable rankings. Golf Magazine, Golf Digest has ranked it top fifteen. Uh, I mean, it really gets some unbelievable rankings. So, for those who haven't been and got to experience Hooper, tell us a little bit about the course, the routing, and and what is it like to play. Well, you know, to kind of start with your, your last one, it is uh, perfectly playable, as we say on the website. Um, it, it, it's just a it's a beautiful course. Uh, you know, as you drive in, um, you know, you see the, the the barn from the 1800s because this used to be actually on on a farm a long, long time ago. You have our old clubhouse, which is the Watkins Tavern, which was built in, uh, I believe, 1787. I got a, it was right around there. Um, and it's just this beautiful, gorgeous clubhouse. And then you drive in and the first tee, you just, you have a, you have beautiful, you're kind of up on a hill, um, you, you tee off a short par five, but then on the back nine, it becomes an incredibly long par four. So it actually becomes uh, the toughest hole on the course. Um, and it's got kind of the, the sloping uh, green, or well, greens and the, the hills. 
and you just have beautiful views off in the past. Um, and one thing that's kind of unique about Hooper, uh, and, and I know not everybody's uh, in, in favor of um, internal OB, but we have this road, this class six road that runs basically through the middle of the course. Uh, and this was actually the primary road to get to Boston uh, back in the 1700s. Uh, and that road's still there. And so it kind of cuts through and holes one and two are on um, that side. And then you play on two, which actually, by the way, part, part of why Hooper um, became, uh, you know, our, our, our image across uh, the country became so big was Tom Doak's uh, Confidential Guide, volume number three. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially he said something to the effect he said, you know, Hooper's opening two holes uh, were the best uh, two holes that he could remember at that point in time, um, which is obviously pretty high praise. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you, you've, got a, you've got a nice short par three to an elevated green. Um, you have a par or a par four, excuse me, to an elevated green. And then our par three on the fourth hole, which is probably our signature hole. It's got two levels on it um, and just a beautiful, beautiful um, hole. And then you weave back up to a far five, which is a par five, and then you get another part and then six is par three, which is at least ranking to par scoring wise is actually probably the hardest hole on the course. And then you've got a short par uh, four on seven and then a um, kind of a, a, a semi um, blind drive for eight. And then you cross back over the road and then you play up nine, which is just an amazing hole. It's it's surrounded by bunkers, and you get the Watkins Tavern kind of up on the hill. Um, so it's just a beautiful course, and there's all these classic stone walls, you know, your classic New England stone walls um, running throughout the course. So it, it's it's not super long. Um, it's it's very playable. Um, there's no water, so you're not going to lose the ball in the water, um, but just yeah, it's 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 challenging for for the the really good players, and it, it's manageable and enjoyable for the high handicappers. It's kind of it's really kind of that sweet spot, I think. Well, I, I would. Uh, Tom Doak has seen a lot more courses than I have, but I would I would certainly agree that on hole one, I remember my first time being there. It was a gorgeous summer day, uh, and and that first tee box on that downhill par five with the with the vistas in the background is, is really a stunning opening hole uh, and can't wait to get back there. That, that, that opening is quite something. And then of course the 19th hole and sitting out at the Watkins Tavern on the porch there, where you're looking over the course and that, that same view you have on the one tee box is there's maybe not a better 19th hole in the state. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it is a fantastic spot and yeah, it's just, it's so beautiful. And then the rhododendrons that are kind of out there when they're in full bloom and then, you know, and you got maple trees everywhere. So in the fall, it's, it's, you know, it's beautiful. So it's, it, it's a truly special place. And, you know, growing up here, you know, you don't, and even though I wasn't a big golfer, I, you know, as I said, I would occasionally play and certainly it was kind of part of my family. Um, I don't think you, I don't think we appreciate it quite as much, but then when you hear people, 
you know, Tom Doak and, you know, uh, you know, the Golfers Journal event that, you know, you came to and you you have these people from the outside coming in saying, you truly have something special here. Uh, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, we do. So it's, um, we're, we're, we're very lucky, very blessed to have, have the course that we do. So, but let's go back to a handful of years ago so you can share the story um, that there was a time when the future of Hooper was really in question and you and other members, community members from the Walpole area banded together um, to, to make sure that Hooper stayed open and, and has, and if anything, really put new life and blood and excitement into Hooper to all the buzz that it has now. But tell us about what was happening with the course and the effort with you and other community members to purchase the course? Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was quite, quite the saga. So in, so I, I mentioned briefly before uh, it was built in 1927 and this land was granted um, to basically to, um, to the town um, through uh, there's this guy, George um, Hooper, who he, he owned the land. He, basically gave the land to the town um, to kind of use for, for agriculture and, and education, recreation. And the town ended up uh, deciding to, on this portion of the land he gave to build the golf course. And then across the road, uh, there is the Hooper Institute. And the Hooper Institute, they do a whole whole bunch of education, um, you know, environmental and agricultural biological education. So like my kids who go to the local school, like they always have a, a Hooper class. Um, so one, one problem was that this land was on, it was within, held within a trust. And uh, starting really in earnest in about 2011, the New Hampshire attorney was looking into um, not only Hooper, but other, other trust and basically saying, or investigating to see whether or not um, the trust was uh, managing um, their their financial health as much as I could. And long story short, he deemed that a golf course uh, was not a not financially producing the results that a trust uh, should get in his in his mind. So. This triggered a couple of years of trying to kind of find a solution. And eventually uh, the state actually came in to the town and it's the select, the select board, who is also the, the trustees of this trust. Uh, they basically said, you got you to sell the course. Um, so this started this really long process of trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do with the course? who's going to buy it? What is it going to become? Is it going to become this, you know, this housing development, you know, what, what's it going to be? And so over, over a couple of years, there's all these different solutions and proposals came about. Um, and eventually what happened is a local conservancy group called the Monadnock Conservancy. They basically came in and proposed to put this land um, all the golf course, all the surrounding forest, the Watkins Tavern, um, the, the little cottage right by the, the seventh green, to put the, all of that in under some type of conservation easement. And so the town ended up agreeing on that. And that finally went through, I think, like beginning of 2015. And 
So then the, so the land is preserved, right? You, you can't put up condos or, you know, housing development or whatever. So the next step was, well, they still need to sell the land, right? So the land's under easement, but they still have to sell the land. And during that time, uh, the club, so Hooper Golf Club, um, was really under um, dire financial straits. Um, there is, uh, you know, there wasn't enough uh, money to to support the budget. Um, you know, some members were were leaving or just opting to to move somewhere else. And so eventually, the club uh, goes under. Uh, the club goes under in um, 2015. So during that time, the town is still looking for people to buy the land. And then for the next three years, 2016, 2017, 2018, the course is essentially essentially run by volunteers. It, it's a shoestring budget. Um, there is no professional um, uh, superintendent, um, certainly no club pro, um, and we're just kind of scraping by. And meanwhile, the town is looking for different buyers and a couple different groups, um, some within the town of Walpole, some from the outside of Walpole, looked at purchasing um, Hooper. And, and some people came pretty close, but they all kind of, they all collapsed. And then at the end, or, or, or I should say kind of about the summer of 2018, um, a local uh, businessman, Fred Dill, uh, he comes in and he says, I'm going to buy it. Uh, and Fred is good friends with our current president, David Howell. And so David and, and Fred basically kind of had this plan of Fred buys all this land and then he sells off the golf course to a group of local local investors. Um, and, and that's basically what happens. Uh, Fred sells off the golf course to 26 investors. Uh, he sells off the Watkins, well, he eventually sells off Watkins Tavern. And then he also sells off the cottage as well. So they're all kind of part of um, actually two different uh, easements. But um, the golf course is now owned by us 26 investors. And then there's um, uh, two young guys, uh, CJ and Eric, who bought the Watkins Tavern a couple of years ago. They're running it. Um, it, it it's doing great. Uh, you can stay there. They've got a great menu, great beer selection. Uh, and then you sold off the cottage to, um, to a, a local uh, Wapple resident. And so that is that is a short version of uh, of, you know, a eight, eight plus year saga of wow. trying to kind of save save Hooper. And, and the thing that that's really kind of um, interesting and, and really important, and this kind of goes back to the community driven aspect in order for the conservancy to to purchase this land, um, almost about half a million dollars had to be raised. And so there is a whole Save Hooper um, committee. There is a whole drive. So donations from local businesses, uh, Walpole residents, um, they all came up with this money um, to go to uh, preserve the land, to put it under the conservancy. Um, so it, it truly was a community drive to save Hooper. Um, and then, you know, now we have kind of the 26 uh, all local um, investors who are 
are running it full time. What a story. That's great. <laughs> it, it, and do you, it was quite the story. Do you get to do you serve as the uh de facto spokesperson of the of the 26 members to the press? <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes we got uh David David Howell, he he's fantastic. Um he he's really great at um and he and David deserves a ton of credit. He's the one who kind of rounded up these 26. So yeah, he he he's definitely the face of it. And we got a couple others like Peter Bowman. You might have been meet Peter. He's a he's a local dentist in town. And um, so yeah. So current currently I'm I and it's interesting because so many of us have different, we all wear different hats at Hooper. Um, so I'm I'm the vice chairman. I'm also the chair of the Greens Committee. I'm on the marketing committee as well. Um, so it, it truly is uh a classic labor of love. Um, you know, yeah. we, we, we all love it. We all put in a, ton, a lot of time and a lot of effort, but um, we, we love it. And I think, I think the results are um, well worth it. Yeah. Well, as chair of the greens committee, I have a question for you. So <clears throat> on that uh, uphill par three, fourth hole, as you described earlier, two tiered green, um, a word of, a word of advice and then a question. If the pin is down front, you don't want to be long, right? <laughs> uh, very, very, very much correct. That That is no bueno. <laughs> now, the greens were, uh, when I played it last summer, the greens are really fantastic. Both the the movement in, in them. I mean, I remember even hole one, what looks like just this, it's a very large green and it sloped back to front. Um, and you think you've got a good sense of that slope, but until you're actually standing over your putts, you can't really appreciate the severity of that slope. Yeah, that that's a that's a good way to phrase it. And, and there is it it's it's one of those of you know playing it a million times a year, and there are still kind of times where it's like, how did that happen? You know, how didn't it go? Shouldn't it have gone that way? And um, but yeah, it's, you know, and the, our greens have always been kind of like our calling card, you know, the, the routing is incredible The you know, the scenery, but you know, the greens are great. And our, our superintendent, Patrick Neal, um, he, he's the hardest working person I know. Uh, he puts in so much time, so much effort. Um, and I'm a little biased. Uh, he, he's my cousin, and uh, we, we grew up together. Uh, that's another thing about Hooper. There's a lot of kind of family connection <laughs> here, but he, he's done such a fantastic job. And um, yeah, the, the the greens truly are. Um, and again, I think I think they're they're manageable. You know, it's not this. They're, they're not these utterly devious. Um, yeah. You know, diabolical. You know, right. but they are. They're they're challenging. Yeah. They're challenging for sure. Um, couple more questions about Hooper. Uh, do you have a favorite hole there? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, picking your favorite child, right? It's, uh, it's so hard. It, you know, they're all great. I think, and I was talking about it. Actually, I was talking, I played with, uh, one of your, uh, former, uh, guests on the show, Ryan Kohler, uh, the other day. And we were talking about um, how great nine is. Um, I just, I, I love nine. It's, it's, it's challenging, but it's, you know, it's so beautiful. 
Um, you know, the green, I, I think that's probably other than the par threes, I think that's the hardest green um, to putt on. But I, I really, I really like, I'm going to go with nine today, yeah, but if we did this tomorrow, I, I might say, <laughs> I might say four or one or, or five. Um, our mutual contact at the golfer's journal, uh, Robbie Vogel wrote a great piece that I was reading in preparation to talk with you about a pretty unique winter golf event that you've held at Hooper, I think on the Super Bowl or near the Super Bowl. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, the the Arctic Open. Um, I, I can't remember who came up with this idea. Um, it might have been Peter. It might have been uh, Patrick. But yeah, essentially we play. So it's every um, every Super Bowl Sunday. It doesn't matter the weather condition. In fact, the very first time we did it, when Robbie went, um, the like night before we got like six inches of snow, and the day we played, we probably got another like four or five inches as we're playing. Um, and yeah, you just have teams, uh, you know, teams of four or five, it's a scramble. Everybody brings like different colored balls. And, uh, one thing that's kind of unique is we built these little like mini field goals. Um, and that's how you haul out. So you, you would hit close to it. Um, and then, and the field goals can rotate. Um, so, and then you hit through and that, that's how you haul out. And then you go, you go on to the next one and yeah, it's just, it, it's a great time. And people, you know, like one year, somebody like, they like bored through the middle of the, the ball and then tied like this kind of like, like little ribbon or something through it. So they could kind of find it in the, in the snow. And one person like this past year, they had like. I think it might have been a St. Bernard and like it had like the classic barrel of, you know, whatever, <laughs> cognac or whatever underneath uh, his, his neck. And so, yeah, people really enjoy it. And it's 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 a lot of fun. And it's just kind of one of those of, OK, we haven't played we haven't played for, you know, a couple of months. And yeah. obviously it's not, you know, <laughs> not prime conditions, but everybody's out there having a yeah, great time. And, yeah, it, it's a blast. Um, last year, uh, my last question here on Hooper last year, when I was at the course and talking with you, you could see, and you talked about some tree clearing that had been done down the left side of number two. And this is to get to the question. You mentioned that the original styles design from 1927 is largely intact, that there's not really been anything too significant to the original design. Um, are there any other plans or course improvements in the coming years that that you and the other owners are talking about? Yes. Yeah, so we had, um, as you mentioned, we had this huge timber harvest all along on the east side of the course. So basically running along all one through two. And there's and there's a large part of the conservation easement is out um, out there on kind of the left of one. Uh, and we were actually supposed to do the west side on um, this past winter. It never ended up getting cold enough um, because they would have to drag um, all of the timber across the third fairway to get to the landing uh, zone, which is uh, which was cleared out behind the second green. Um, so that didn't happen this year, but it's going to happen next year. Um, and nothing, you know, again, nothing major. Um, you know, we, we've really tried to to keep the, the classic design of it. 
of of Hooper, you know, stayed true to as best we can to Styles and Van Cleek's vision. Um, but we are we're doing a few things to make it to not change the routing, not change the greens, not change anything, but kind of make it a little more playable. Um, so one thing that we are um, in the process of finishing, we've built a new forward tee for two. So um, remember, you may remember on two, which is the hardest hole on the on the course. You have basically the the white tee, which is for the front nine, blue tees for the back nine, are all on this one long um, tee box, and then the red and gold, which are the forward tees. Um, you know, where, you know, it might be beginners or women or seniors, um, their tee box is only like 20 yards ahead. Uh, so what we did is we built a new forward tee, probably about, probably about 75 yards further down. Um, so that hole becomes a lot more manageable, um, I think, for kind of that, that category of yeah. players. And, and, and one thing we've talked about is potentially adding, um, another set of tees, uh, perhaps like the green tees and kind of almost making um, a third way uh, to play Hooper. So that's still, that's still to be determined. Um, it's something I've been thinking about for a while, um, but it would just add, you know, it would add another way to play. And, you know, we would probably, you know, maybe turn, um, you know, for example, we might turn um, the third hole in from a short par four to maybe a par three. Um, so th those are all possible ideas. Yep. Um, you know, and again, I think by doing that, it doesn't change, uh, really the nature of the course. And if you don't want to play the green, green tees, you don't have to you can keep yeah. playing the white and blues. So, yeah. uh, we, we want to find that balance. Good. Well, let's talk for a minute about the golfers journal. We'll give them a shout out here. Um, it actually is through their online community on discord the broken tea society where you and i i think believe first connected uh and yeah. you held a broken tea society event out at hooper last july which was a blast um how long have you been involved with the golfers journal and i can tell inside the broken tea society that there's a there's a real uh passionate group of people who are big hooper fans and so what has the connection of the golfer's journal meant for you and for Hooper? Yeah, no, I, I love the golfer's journal, you know, like I, I can't, I can't um, give them enough props and um, you know, just, just a publication alone is incredible. You know, the, 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 the quality of, of this quarterly magazine is it's top notch. Um, and yeah, they are, they are, um, incredibly supportive of of hooper and kind of i feel like kind of courses like us and um it's funny when we kind of so the our, our kind of the investment the investors we really kind of took over in uh, 2019 the beginning of 2019 and kind of one of the things that both uh peter bowman and i did was reach out to all these different groups um I would go onto Instagram and basically reach out to, to anybody who, Hey, like, have you had heard of Hooper come to Hooper? So I reached out to the golfers journal and just said, Hey, like, um, and one of, uh, one of the, um, one of the guys who works there, uh, Tim Woodruff, who's actually, he's a, he's a New Hampshire guy. So, and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, that would like, that would be really interesting. Love to bring something to Hooper. Um, but then, um, 
you know, person who also deserves a ton of credit, um, our, our mutual uh, friend there, Robbie Vogel, um, because he he also reached out and he had said, hey, Golfers Journal, like we got this place, Hooper. Um, and his Boston Golf and Social crew, um, they come up every year to Hooper. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, we 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 then ended up having a whole the Golfers Journal um, outing at Hooper um, in the fall of 2021, uh, which was incredible. And we had people literally across the country um, coming to this, you know, to showcase Hooper. And then, as you said, the Broken Tea Society, all of us kind of members, right? We have the, the Discord, we had the event at Hooper last year. Yep. Um, so it, it's been great. It's been an, an amazing, if I can call it a partnership. Um, it's it, it's been it's been great. Um, and I love I love that they are so supportive of clubs like us. Yeah. Um, and I and I always I always want to return the love right back to them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've been wrapping up these interviews with a section I called gimmies. These are seemingly short, straightforward questions. So the first one, aside from Hooper, what's your favorite course to play in New Hampshire? In New Hampshire? Um, good question. Um, so I, I briefly mentioned my first job out of college when I graduated, and I said, what in the world am I going to do now? Um, I worked for the Dublin light club. It's a, it's a nine hole. It's a private nine hole course in Dublin. Uh, and it, it it's great. It, it's a fantastic course. Um, I really love playing it. Uh, there are beautiful views of Mount Monadnock. Um, I, I haven't played it for years. Unfortunately, I need, I need to get back there. Um, but that, that's probably my, probably my favorite, uh, favorite course in New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, what's your current favorite club in your bag? Uh, since I'm not particularly good at golf, uh, I'm not on in regulation very often. So uh, I'm often chipping on and uh, I, I love my gap wedge. Uh, you know, you know, hit kind of almost a wild shot with it, you know, put it in the back of the stance and kind of, you know, almost bowl it out there. So I'd, I'd have to say it's my gap wedge. Okay. Uh, multiple choice. <clears throat> Would you prefer just a crush drive, a flush mid iron, or draining a long putt? Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm not. I rarely crush a drive, and I rarely flush an iron. I feel like I'm pro. I'm definitely a much better putter, but uh, draining a long putt. That's. I mean that that's the way to do it. I, I'm going with that one. Yeah. Good. Um, do you have a favorite PGA and or LPGA player or players that you like watching right now? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Jordan Spieth fan. Um, I, I, I love love going along uh, with the ride uh, with Jordan. And, <laughs> it is uh, a ride. It, it, it's a ride. And, you know, it's he is. And obviously he, he's a, he's a trillion times better than I am, but you know, he, he is relatable of like, Oh yeah. Like I, I can pretty easily triple bogey too. Um, of course he'll, he'll chip in on the next hole for a birdie or whatever, but yeah, I, I've, I've always been a big Jordan fan. Um, you know, Tiger, Tiger as well. Um, yeah, no PGA, um, you know, it's, it's hard to not cheer for Nelly. Yeah. Uh, Nelly court is pretty, uh, pretty fun to watch as well. Yeah. So. Last question here in Gimme's 
is there a course on your bucket list anywhere in the world that, you know, at the top of the list where you'd really love to go play? Yeah, there uh, there are <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> you know, we 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 just you know we just had the Masters, so Augusta Augusta's got to be right up there. Um, you know, Cypress Point would be would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm sure I'll never play it, but I'll I'll say Augusta. Yeah, yeah, can't can't go wrong with that pick. No, no. Well, thanks, Josh. I really enjoyed talking with you. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about the story of Hooper and what makes it so special. And look forward to seeing you out at Hooper at some point this season. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I really enjoyed it. And thank you, Mike. And I, I look look forward to hosting you at Hooper. Hi, everyone. If you are not familiar with the Golfer's Journal, check them out online. In addition to a superb quarterly print magazine, the online community they have built, the Broken Tea Society, is simply awesome. If you're not yet a member and want a referral link, email me at micastark at gmail.com and I'll send you one. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and share it with your friends. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and LGLG. LG.